family, welcome to season two of Be the Salt podcast, where we share the kindness and goodness of Jesus so you can experience a taste of heaven here on earth. Season two is called The Rod and Reprimand, as it says in Proverbs 29, 15. Most parents would admit that being a parent is the most fulfilling job they have ever done. They will also admit that it is one of the hardest jobs in life. Every age has its own challenges. Raising a child in today's world as a Christian is hands down one of the hardest hurdles we could ever face. Children don't come with a how-to-use manual, let alone the fact that each child needs to be responded differently, even when raised in the same household. So how do we do this? How did our parents do it? Granted, there are tons of parenting books available out there, but in between birthing or adopting and raising children and balancing work and all the other roles we play in this life, where do we find time to read these books and follow the advice? So this season, I want to attempt to provide an opportunity for parents to talk about the challenges they face, the wins, the losses, the mistakes, and the victories at every age and every stage. So we may be able to learn from each other and from the people who walked before us. I'm sure we all agree that we need to raise a generation who will walk in alignment with their heavenly purpose and will learn to push back the voices that prevent them from walking in the victory they are called to walk. So friend, wherever you're listening to this podcast, on your commute to work, at the gym, at a park, on your couch, in the kitchen, wherever that is, I hope this discussion will throw some light to your day, put a smile on your face, and above all, bless your soul in some way, whether you learn something or not. With that, let's dive into today's discussion. This is Be The Salt Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Salt Podcast. I have three beautiful women today with me from three different time zones. Um, I have Amy uh, from Dallas, uh, Princey from DC, and uh, Shoba from Abu Dhabi. Uh, Welcome to the show and thank you for being here. I know you are taking your precious time on a weekend to be here to attend this podcast. So I really want to thank and appreciate you. Uh, You are amazing women, amazing moms, raising children in different stages of life. So welcome to the show. If you could introduce yourself. Go, go ahead. Um, I'm Shoba. I'm a doctor by profession, but presently not working. I have a son and I have a daughter. Um, I came more into my faith to a level that is at a, I can't even explain, is through my son, David, because he special needs a, a child who helped me increase my faith. I praise God for him. And I know God has a special purpose. God gave him to me for a reason. And I know the reason is now for me to reach out to other parents to help them to understand that autism is not something to be scared of. It is something to be, you know, to look at it as a challenge and that that child can come out of it. If you have faith, the Lord can take the child's hand and bring him out. It's just the matter of faith. Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to the show, uh, Shoba. Thank you. 
Okay, hi everyone. My name is Amy Burgis. I know Anatoma Church. So I'm married uh, to this wonderful man, Biju Rosalian. We have two boys, they're 13 and 15, and uh, they're Joshua and Jonathan. So honored and blessed to be their mom. And like Shoba said, it was through my son that God allowed me to go through a journey. And yeah, I'll be talking more about this. Welcome Glad to, to be show. here. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Princey. Hi, I'm Princey. Um, I am married and I have two girls, uh, Zoe and Zara. Um, uh, thank you so much, Anu, for um, asking uh, all of us to be a part of this uh, podcast. Uh, actually, just from the other introductions, uh, it sounds like all three of us are kind of in the same boat. Mm -hmm. um, so I am excited to hear about. Um, these other precious women and what their journey um, dealing with special needs children are. Um, so thank you. Thank you for being here, Princey. Um, I hope you guys, you girls are having a wonderful weekend and you are blessed moms. And I am so excited to talk to y'all. Um, God has given you special grace and special blessing in life. He has chosen you to walk this path uh, because uh, he doesn't give us um, more than we could uh, handle. So um, I want to believe with you that it is an honor that he has chosen you to walk this path to raise your children in this world, in this season of life, right? Um, and my prayers are with you this morning. So um, let us talk about the challenges that you guys are going through um, in this season. And um, if we can discuss about the uh, challenges in the initial days of finding out that you had some challenges in your hand um, in raising your child, what did you go through? Uh, if you can walk through uh, what your emotions were, how did you cope? How did you come in terms with that? Well, uh, I'll go first. So the initial days were, today it's kind of a blur for me because it's been more than 10 years. Jonathan is 13 years old today. But I remember it was a very gradual process because John is my second child, so kind of knew something was wrong because I was relying on my experience with my first child and I don't know, call it mother's intuition or whatever. I just had a feeling something doesn't add up. There are some red flags, something is wrong. I just knew it. So my initial days were a lot of crying, asking God, why? Why won't he allow this? Why, why is this happening? All I wanted was to serve God and, you know, I had all good intentions. And why? And I believed in divine healing. So I believed with all my heart that God is going to heal him. Right? So I just waited and waited and nothing happened. So that was my big, you know, that revelation that, it was shocking initially, like I was in denial for a while, and then I prayed for healing, and I prayed God is going to heal and completely change him. That also didn't happen. And one day I remember in school, um, the daycare that he was going to, his teacher said, she used some very harsh words, and she said, he's not like other kids. We don't know what's wrong with him. He doesn't respond to us, but he's following other kids. He's like doing what other kids are doing but he's not listening to us. So we got him checked, we checked for hearing, we did everything, but nothing was clear. We didn't get any clear answers. And the doctors were saying, you know, just wait it because he's just two years old. Maybe he'll get out of it. 
Mm. I kept praying, asking God, you know, either you heal him now or you just give me the strength to endure it. And that's what he did. Like, I really, God just gave me that strength. He just poured his strength. And it's not like, you know, one day, but every day. And God just healed him. It was gradual, but I I wouldn't say complete healing. He still has his issues, but God just helped him. And I, I could see, you know, how he was working through him. So it was a gradual process, but I totally understand, you know, where you all might be coming from Shoba and Princey. You may have different experiences. Daily walk with God, right? Yep. Um, I'll um, share about my journey with um, our, it's our second daughter, Zara. Um, when she was born, actually, we were not aware that there was anything wrong with her um, other than she just had um, hip dislo- dislocation at birth. Um, but as um, Amy said, mom's intuition, um, kind of within the first month, I realized that something wasn't right. Um, and um, there, you know, within that first month began our journey of um, trying to find out what was going on with her. Um, we, of course, you know, took care of the hip issue. So she had like a cast um, from birth onwards. Um, she was wearing a cast from her hips to her toes. Um, and then around about two months that was taken off and then she was in a harness uh, for about six months or so. But during that time, we went and saw multiple doctors and specialists. Um, We saw a geneticist, we saw an ophthalmologist. I mean, you name it, every specialist out there, um, we saw them. Mm. Um, It is when we saw the geneticist is when she, they told us that she had a very rare condition, um, it's like literally like one in a million almost. Um, and so um, <clears throat> not only were we learning about um, the condition itself, we were kind of in shock. It was kind of a blur for me because I was like, what, you know, uh, why is this happening? Um, and within about a year of her life um, began another journey we had to go through. Um, she started having seizures and, um, they were not um, controlled any other way because initially um, they couldn't uh, diagnose seizures with an EEG. Mm. And so they would just send us home and um, we basically had to attend to our seizures at home without any form of um, care or medication. Mm. And um, after that, when we were in Dallas actually for uh, Christmas, she got very sick and she got pneumonia and she was admitted to the hospital and, we were in the hospital for two months. That's where actually I connected with Anu um, quite a bit because it was the hospital she was working in. Um, and so I was there for two months while they were treating her pneumonia and also treating her seizures. Mm. Um, I remember it's, those days. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think when I left that hospital, I almost felt like I was leaving home because I was literally living there for two months. Yeah. But in that hospital is when God really touched me. Yes. There was a question that was asked to me by my brother. He asked, if God doesn't heal Zara, what are you going to do? And that question really, you know, kind of haunted me because I was putting all my 
bets on God. I was like, you have to heal her. I don't care what the outcome is. This it's that's just how it is gonna be. And so, you know, it kind of hit me like, what if that is not in God's plan or will? Right. What am I gonna do? Right? What am I gonna do? And so that's where it really hit home for me. Like, and this world might not be perfect, and we might go through a lot of situations and trials and tribulations but he has already done the ultimate for us which was dying on the cross and that's where yep that's where I came to that realization that you know I've been living in this sort of bubble like everything should be okay and everything should be fine and normal and we have all have you know great marriages and healthy kids and you know life should be just great right right but that's where it hit home for me he has done the ultimate for us on the cross by dying for our sins and our sickness amen what more should i be asking from him so praise that was my initial journey praise god praise god <clears throat> I just want to thank God, you know. I just want to say, we are such beautiful women of the Lord. Praise God. Despite yes. all these struggles, we have a smile on our face. We are beautiful. Praise God for that. Um, my journey, let me say, I was a girl all out for Christ. You know, ever since I was small, I used to write letters to Christ. I was in love with Jesus. But then, of course, there was a journey for me while growing up when you reach your teenage years. You know, there is always that, you know, mm, I want to find out more about God. And I started exploring directions which I was not supposed to. Though I had Jesus in my heart, I never took water baptism or anything. I was in exploration phase. Finally, when I reached college, I explored Hinduism. I read the Quran. Um, I have done all the works. Uh, finally, it was somewhere... In the final year before I completed my medicine, I found out face-to-face -face the experience of Jesus. And that's a long story in itself. I'm not going there. Just know that I found my Jesus in my final year of medicine. And I was sitting and I had a mission in my heart that I want to spread the message of Christ. And I used to write messages. And every Saturday morning, it was my mission like I would go, I had two campuses. So I used to go to one campus early in the morning at six o'clock with around four to five papers, one to be posted in the girls' hostel, one to be posted in the boys' hostel, in the canteen, and the same way in my campus also. Uh, everywhere the flyers would be posted, all the messages. So this was, and I used to counsel, you know, my juniors who were going through struggles. So I was having this kind of a role, like, all out for Christ, doing everything that I can. And then my first child came. I had my first child after three years and I received her after three, uh, you know, after a lot of prayer. And then the second one comes and everything is going well. Uh, he was born a very cute, chubby little child and nobody would say anything is wrong with him. And but by the age of two years, like everybody else who had said that mother's intuition, my antenna started going up. There is something wrong over here. He's not calling me mama and he's not responding when I'm calling his name. There is something wrong here. But even then I was like, Nana, nothing can go wrong because 
I am walking with Christ. Christ will not let anything bad happen to me. Yeah. And but by the age of two years and three months, I st- really started noticing things that kind of put me under the fear stage. And I had a feeling that there was autism. So, you know, we all do Googling. And there, there was something called the M-Chat, square, uh, M-Chat quiz. And I tried that and I found he was un- categorized under the red flag and he should be immediately taken to the doctor for, you know, further analysis. Mm. And I told my Achachan, and, you know, this is something I, right now I'm in, I'm working with other parents also who find out their child has autism mm. because there is the space of denial. If one parent has accepted it, the other one has difficulty in accepting the fact that there is something wrong with the child. And so that is what my dearest Achachan was going through. He said, no, Shubha, there is nothing wrong with him. Don't worry. Just wait. Uh, let's give it uh, another six months. By three, he will start talking. Anyway, you started talking only by three years of age. You know? So just give it some time. And both of and you are physicians, I'm, right? Your husband yeah, both of us are physicians. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I'm like, okay. and But, you know, as each month is going by, I'm not seeing anything different. I'm seeing it going from worse to worse. By the year, by he was two and a half, I really started getting worried. And that's where, you know, Achachan and I had to have a sit down. We had to have a talk with our parents. And finally, he was taken for the first analysis in a uh, in a uh, hospital, mm. in a school, actually. The, it's called a future center. And there the psychologist assessed him. And she told me he has very severe autism. Oh, my goodness, my life bubble full of roses and rainbows, everything. It was as a God just tore that bubble in half and I got angry. I was very angry with God, so angry. I can't even like, why would you do this to me? I mean, didn't I do everything you want me to do? Isn't I spreading the word? I am in what are they if there is somebody sad i mean they're giving them the encouragement that they need why would you do this to me mm. i had questions i had anger with me and i literally stopped you know taking up the phones taking uh, inviting people inside the house because i don't want to talk to anyone i went into a stage of severe depression uh, the only phone call i would attend was my mother's and uh, I still remember we started therapy and in this surprisingly in the same flat we were living, there was another child the same age as David who was having autism. Mm. And so I've managed to find a therapist and I told that family because I was all out to help. I, that part of me would never stop. I told I found a therapist. He seems to be good. If you want, I, I will tell him about you. And so both of them started therapy at the same time. And I still remember that child you know, the point, David did not have pointing. So they taught him pointing. And now the next phase is, you know, identify the letters. And I still remember he, the other child already were reached up to J and my child, he, how many ever times it's A, B, C, just, just three letters. He still can't identify. He won't point. He's just looking, you know, so blank. eyed. There's no light in his eyes. And it went on for a week, two and 
I remember one night I was crying. I'm angry. I'm crying. I'm I don't know whether it was prayer or whether it was a conversation. Something was going on. Only thing I know is that tears were nonstop. I remember crying, praying, talking, whatever you can say. I slept. Mm. And then somewhere in the morning, I saw a vision. God gave me a vision, a 3DA standing up and a 2DA lying flat. All the letters I can see that we, I knew as soon as I got up, I knew that was God who showed it to me. Mm. And I did it. And I still remember the time I started working with David. I told him, David, sit down, let's do this. And I laid it down. I laid the first three letters, A, B, C, with the 3D standing to. And you won't believe it. My son, within five to seven minutes, not A to J, A to Z, it was completed. That was all glory to my Christ. All glory to my Christ. And this Amen. is my walk. This is my walk with Christ. Every day, literally, you know, holding the staff of Christ and just walking with it. When I grow weak, I just hold on to that staff more strong. And I'm God help me come out of that depression. Slowly, he, it was as if he was silently telling me, you're not alone in this. There is something that is going to come out of you through this. Just wait on me. So it was a challenge, but God showed me that he's right by my side. Even when I'm talking to you, I know he's with all of us. We are not Amen. alone. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. That is such a beautiful, um, beautiful testimony, beautiful uh, strength that I see in each one of you. Um, so, so let's come back to today. How do you cope on your bad days? What, how do you handle your bad days today? Amy, you want to go? Sure. So I really don't know if there are any bad days. I would say bad seasons. Bad like seasons. It's, it's, yeah. it's long. It's for a, for a special needs parent. The struggle is real. It can go on. And I mean, for me today, in hindsight, I know God, God helped me through this journey and understand what triggers him and really be prepared in advance. So my son also had an autism diagnosis, uh, but he was on the high-functioning side. But when he was little, he had a lot of issues, like what Shobha was saying. So not identifying letters and not, not really understanding what we were saying, but being more visual. So God, again, gave me the same, you know, helped me understand what triggered those behaviors and really help him understand how to learn, how to read, how to study. So I, I was able to rely on God with those little things. So today, you know, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm so used to having bad days that I'm prepared in advance. Like you would have those, you know, the fire extinguisher where you think is prepared for the crisis. Mm -hmm. So I believe that I could, you know, prepare in advance with the power of prayer. Crisis um, management, God, right? Yes. I, God gave me this, you know, told me he's my dry bone. He's my dry bone. I'm going to speak faith over him. Yes. And God just helped me memorize verses and just speak over him. I know it, it just sounds crazy. I'm not going against science or anything. I, you know, I do send him to school, have doctor appointments and everything. But really, prayer has helped a lot in anticipating those bad days and be prepared for it and really understand what is triggering. And when I'm calm, it helps him to be calm. Mm. So it's like taking it one day at a time. I'm not... I would be too overwhelmed to even think of the whole thing, but 
because with the autism diagnosis, it also helps to set a routine. And kids like Jonathan, they thrive on routine. So I had to set up routine and, you know, create create schedules. So just to avoid those bad days. So I'm really relying on God and God arranged people, Mm. God arranged resources that I could use to, you know, teach myself and really be available. But really, it's all about trusting in God every day. Praise God. I really like the part where you said speaking life over your dry bones, right? Speaking life over dry bones. That is so beautiful. Um, Who wants to go next? Um, Yeah, to answer the question about um, dealing with bad days, I think my worst days were um, early on Mm -hmm. um, when we didn't know what was going on with Zara and um, especially, you know, those almost a year of uncontrolled seizures. Um, Those were probably my worst days. Um, I can't even count on my hands how many times I have had to um, do CPR or resuscitate her. Um, And I would think to myself, like, God, you can go ahead and take her from me Mm. instead of making me go through this. Yeah. But I know God has her here for a purpose. Um, that journey definitely has changed me in many ways. Yeah. And, um, whenever I have my bad days, um, sometimes it's hard to sit down and pray and naturally you want to say, oh yeah, when I have my bad days, I sit down and I pray and I read the Bible, but that's kind of the last thing anybody wants to do because, it almost feels like God is not near because if he was, then this wouldn't be happening. Right. Um, But over the years I've learned that that is what gives us peace at the end of the day, sitting down at his presence and just letting him know, you know, what is, he already knows of course, but just letting him hear our thoughts and our cries. And Mm -hmm. I have to honestly say, Anytime I've had a really bad day or um, a bad season, I've had so many angels around me that have, you know, either um, reached out to me at those specific times saying, hey, I was just thinking about you and praying for you. And, you know, I wanted to, and it would be at those times when I was really having a bad day. I've had, um, I, I met a good friend in actually El Paso when we were, uh, stationed there. Um, she called me on a bad day randomly. And she was like, you know, I had a dream about Zara that um, she was running around. She was walking, you know, she doesn't walk actually. Um, for those of you that don't know about Zara's condition, um, she was running around and walking and, you know, like playing like a normal kid. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to hold on to that promise. Praise God. I've had so many of those <laughs> visions and dreams myself. I've had so many family members say that, you know, just on a random occasion, hey, I had this dream last night where, you know, we saw Zara walking. So I'm holding on to all of those promises. Um, I don't think they are just in vain. Um, I know, you know, God's, with God, nothing is impossible. I know it is possible, but uh, trusting that his plan, his time um, 
you know, waiting on that is kind of the hard part, I guess. Um, but in his time, he will do it all beautifully. I know that. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Um, I, I really um, enjoyed hearing you say that letting God into, even though God knows what we are going through and what we are feeling, but allowing God into that space, right? Um, that is so beautiful. I can't tell you how beautiful that is. Shobha, what are your thoughts? Well, um, as Amy would know, autism gets into a new stage of behaviors as the years advance. So for me now, when I look back, the struggles I had to go through, like when David was before 10, now in comparison, it is way lesser than what I'm going through now. Because with David, when he was younger, it was a different kind of issue. And I felt that I could handle that much better than what I'm handling now. Because right now he's in an issue with a stage where when he gets anxious, he goes straight for my hair. And you know, a 10-year-old's grip is not a simple grip. It's like, you know, sometimes he pulls out four to five strands of hair. And when I look at it, I just put my hand over here and I Lord, double portion there, double portion there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and sometimes it must be in the classroom. And then anyway, somehow God has given me a good teacher and a good uh, teacher's assistant and everything. So somehow we manage him in the classroom. And I still remember when it is so bad, I don't care where I am. I'd open up his, maybe it must be his classwork or it may be my notepad. Even inside the classroom, immediately, I just write down a letter, dearest Jesus. And I just, you know, la, 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 I just keep going with my heart. I just pour it down. I need you right now. You have to come in right now. And, you know, I joke not. Somehow, David becomes calm the moment I write that letter. And wow. that letter, I don't know how it comes. Sometimes it, it is just verses that pours out into that letter. And I'm, after I finish reading that letter, you know, I close the book and a few days later, I might just open it, open it up and I find that Lennon, tears don't stop, you know, coming down. I'm like, my God, I was so broken that day and how God helped me during that time. So basically, it's how I cope is by quoting the verses or writing letters to Jesus, not caring where I am. Even, even if it's just a tissue paper I have on the top of the tissue paper, I will write and keep and immediately I see God working. And yeah. I guess that's the way how I cope, try to make light of it. As I said, if it's pulling my hair, sometimes I just hug him and David, Jesus loves you, Mane, and Mama loves you. Don't do that, sweetheart. And then I pray, hold him tight and I just pray over him and that him, whatever is holding him, you know, to make him do that, I see it leaving him at that moment of time. And yeah. especially the... When we write with our hearts, you know, you can say a prayer or when you write a letter, that letter remains. And I believe that every letter that I've written since young, you know, it is stored up in heaven in files. And that's why, you know, whenever I pray or cry, I write it in a letter for my God. And, ah, my daughter is talking to me now. I have to do something. So I feel you when you have a constant communication, no matter how your day is, whether it is good, whether it is bad, God is right there. God is right there. Praise God. Praise God. That is so beautiful to see. 
And Shobha also writes many articles, really beautiful articles. Um, I think uh, I'm so, so thrilled to hear how each of you cope in the midst of this situation. Okay, so now let's talk about self-care. How do you do self-care in the middle of all this? Do you do self-care? If, if yes, then what do you do? If no, what do you wish you did? Um, how do you think you can accomplish that? Do you think it's important? Let's talk about I'll that. Definitely jump in on that one. <laughs> um, I remember telling Anuchechi before, like when she had interviewed me first time, uh, how, she asked me the same question and I remember telling her, I love flow, okay? It is my one Achilles heel. I can't help it. Everything else I somehow managed to, you know, refute and say, get behind me, Satan. I have <laughs> overcome you. You have no power or authority over me. But clothes, for some reason, I'm still, you know, in the verge of God help me. I want to overcome this too. This is the only thing left in me. And uh, so what I do is that when I feel stressed out or when I feel that, okay, I want to have some me time, I just take clothes out from the cupboard and I just lay down on the bed. I'm like, come on, now we have to look beautiful. And I start wearing clothes and I parade in front of the mirror. And I'm like, oh my goodness, Shova, you're so pretty. Come oh, on. That is so beautiful. <laughs> I know. I'll tell the kids. Uh, I'll tell Karen Molle, Mama is going out. Just take care of David for some time, okay? And I say, okay, Mama. And that fellow, he'll be happy doing his own thing. I'll go out for a walk. But as I walk, you know, I'll be having a conversation with Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for giving me this time. I, it's as though I have Jesus standing next to me and he's also walking. It's just that some time, you know, maybe you're always so stressed out, you know, how to go about your day. But that maybe five or 10 minutes, I take that walk outside. Mm. It's the time I get for myself. No cooking, no cleaning, no taking care of anything, no giving bath, nothing. It's just me and me alone. So I feel good at that. That's it. So dressing up and walking. That is how I take care of myself. That is so good. So good you take time to do that. How about you, uh, Amy? Well, uh... I try to exercise as well as much as I can, you know, if not outdoors, indoors, maybe jumping jacks or skipping, something just to get me moving. I do that on a regular Good basis. Good for you. And then just, I learn to say no. I think that is also part of self-care. Mm. Like not saying yes to everything. Just just be able to understand my boundaries, what I can do, what is possible. Beautiful. What's important for me and my family. And if something can wait, let it be. So being for myself and my family, I think that's also part of self-care. So I'm, I'm learning to say no and building a great support system. So I've, you know, over the years, I've realized the value of friends, having girlfriends and just go out and finding time. I mean, today I have fine, fine time. I mean, years ago I did it. So when you can, you know, find time to go out with friends, just have some you know, chit-chat, just your friends in church, that's fine too, but just to engage in some adult conversations. That's good. That stimulates your brain. Awesome. That is good. I love the fact, the power of no. Learning the power of no, right? That is that is awesome. How about you, Brency? Yeah, I, 
Same like Shoba. I think Anu had asked me this question last time. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, wait, I, I don't actually do too much. Um, but I would say on weekends, that's the time where I don't cook. And I'm like, we're doing takeout because I don't want to do any work on, on the weekends. That's my free days, mm. you know. Um, so I would say that would be like, because during the week, we're all busy with work and taking care of kids and cooking and cleaning. Um, at least on the weekends, we should all have a break, right? So, um, And that's that's the time Elvin's home. That's the time Elvin's home. I'm like, you guys can order whatever y'all want. I'm not cooking. <laughs> um, I'm not stepping into the kitchen. So, um, so yeah, I would say that is also another form of self-care because that gives you a break from doing, you know, um, the, the usual routine that you're doing during the week. Because as mothers, I think naturally we are the ones that end up taking care of especially when we have special needs kids, um, it kind of naturally falls into our hands. Right. And so, um, giving ourselves a break from even just the normal everyday thing. Um, even if we may not have time to go out and get a massage or get a pedicure or whatever, um, during the weekend, we can at least uh, take a break from everyday chores. Yes. that is, Or even during the week. That's (laughs) good. I'm glad you did that. And uh, just have to say, Princey and Alvin are b- wonderful singers, worship leaders, amazing voices. And I think uh, Zoe is also now uh, a beautiful singer. So, Well, um, she, yeah, she does like to join in on our, our ladies meeting prayer line. Yes, yes. I hear her <laughs> singing in the, in the worship. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, so uh, let's talk about intimacy with God in the middle of this. How do you... Uh, how is your intimacy with God? And I know here and there we did touch about, I think Shoba uh, touched about um, walking with Jesus, taking walk with Jesus, but specifically in the middle of all the chaos that you're in, what do you do? Well, I could relate to a lot of what Shoba was saying. You know, when we can be so busy taking care of things, everything, right? I mean, it's one thing to parent a child. It's another thing to parent a special needs child. You never know what's going to happen. So you are constantly on the run. The prayer time can fall through the cracks easily. And before you know it, it's been two weeks or more. I don't know. So I had this guilt all the time about not having my designated quiet time, not having that time, set time to read and pray and spend time in devotion or listen to life. I didn't have that. So I felt that guilt all the time. And I was going through this pattern, asking God for forgiveness and then going back. So going back and forth. One day God, clearly I heard a voice. God told me, don't say amen. And I thought really that was so mind-boggling for me because it helped. It helped me, don't say amen. So I start with prayer and then, you know, get pulled into something and then continue my prayer throughout the day. Mm. That just helped me so much in those stressful years because I really needed that. And God started helping me as and when I needed it. Like not, you know, I finished the prayer and then, you know, do whatever I want to do, but really pray every couple of hours, maybe. I don't know how how many times I pray. But my prayer changed, my time with God, my intimacy with God changed so much during those years. 
And today, looking back, today I can take spend time, you know, take an hour or something away, maybe 30 minutes and pray. But in those days when I was really struggling with taking care of kids and everything, I my, my prayer life changed, my intimacy with God changed. And that helped me a lot because prayer really is the cry of our soul. That's what I believe. Yes. Like we don't, we don't teach our children. We teach our children everything, right? From eating, drinking, and with special need kids, we have to teach so much, so many things. But we don't teach them how to cry. We don't. It comes naturally. And when we pray to God from our soul, that's like the cry of our soul. It comes naturally. Wow, that's and beautiful. That's where God meets us. And I have begun to realize that that God is not just allowing this, He's showing me who He is. Yes. So I'm I'm just amazed at this opportunity that God gave me. There was a time when I questioned God, but today I'm I'm just asking God, Lord, teach me how. What should I do? So prayer is is amazing. Beautiful. It's helped me grow. Yeah. Beautiful. Prayer is the cry of our soul. That is so beautiful. Um to share about my intimacy or my walk with God, um, I would say um the early years of Zara's life is where I, I, I really built it. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I would, you know, we were part of church, part of choir, like participated in everything, um, speaking, singing, whatever, you name it, right? We were right. part of all of it. Um, but over the years, you know, because of our jobs, we were always moving around. Uh, I think our... Um, church life and our prayer life was not the greatest. Um, and so um, after we had Zara and we were back here in the U.S., um, and when we were going through that period with Zara is when I really, um, really came to have sort of like a second, um, like I, I would in one sense say, like I really accepted Jesus as my personal savior because um, I went through a different um, kind of understanding of my uh, relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was going through the situation with Zara, there was a lot of other things that happened even during that time that really just destroyed me in one sense. And um, it's through that time is when I really leaned on God and he was my only source of help. You know, we were away from family and we were away from, you know, um, parents and everybody. And so it was just literally me and God. Um, I, I had nobody else to go to at that point. And that's really where God taught me that I only need him. You know, there might be people around you that might fail, that might not come to your aid, but he's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, even recently, um, uh, I had taken some time to um, fast and pray for Zara um, and during the fasting period, of course, I was fasting, not quite praying like I should be. Um, but one of the days I had some extra time on my hand and I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down. Like nobody's here. Let me sit down and pray. Like I can't make any excuses. Right. Mm. And I sat down and prayed and I was so angry with God. I was like, like, it's been almost six years. Like you haven't healed Zara. Like what is going on? Like what, what is the delay? Um, and I was sort of just angry at him 
but then, you know, even in my anger, I still found some comfort and peace of, you know, sitting down and praying. Mm. And I left that prayer thinking, oh, God is not even going to hear my prayer. Like, who am I, right? Uh, like, to go and just, you know, ask him of all these things. Like, why does he need to answer me? Um, like, this is my technically, like, really my first time during my whole fasting period that I'm actually sitting down and praying mm. for real. Mm. And the the fun, craziest thing was that evening, mm. um, somebody, an, an uncle called from Dallas um, and um, happened to talk to uh, my husband, Elvin. And he said, you know, I was praying and God gave me this verse. Um, I don't know who it's for, but I just wanted to share, you know, I, I've been wanting to tell you about this, but um, I keep putting it off. So today I'm just going to call you and tell you. Right. Mm -hmm. And the verse he gave was Hebrews 416, which is let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive and mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Um, and when Elvin told me the verse that he got and I was like, you know what, that's for me, mm -hmm. um, because he was not there when I sat down to pray. I said, because I did come to the throne of God and I was yelling and mm. mad at God and, you know, upset with him. But, and I, at the end of that prayer, I was like, well, you know, I don't think God is going to hear me like, because, you know, I'm just being stubborn or I'm just wanting what I want. But that verse says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Don't feel like you can't ask him, mm. you know, even if it sometimes might be in a little bit of anger, um, it's okay. You can still go to him with confidence. And he will give us that mercy and grace to help us during our time of need. Um, and even when I thought like God is not hearing my prayer, he is always listening. And like I said earlier, he's always sending angels to confirm and answer whatever is going through my mind every single time. And yet we still doubt him, right? Um, yeah. But every single time um, he sends some sort of confirmation to let me know that he is hearing everything. Yes, God is good. God is good. He continues to show up, right? Continues to show up. Shova, what are your thoughts? My intimate time is Christ. Um, actually, my day begins usually at 4.45 in the morning because we, I have to catch the bus with David at around 6.40. I have to drop my daughter at 6.15. So I, if I need to spend some time with Christ, I have to get up really early. So I get up at 4.45 or something, 5. And for me, it is like I I need to sit with my Bible and I have to read at least one chapter. Just, you know, God speaks so beautifully. I'm not initially in my initial years in the walk with Christ. I'm like, how many chapters can I read in a day? You know, it was like, oh, three chapters. Oh, awesome. You know, I've got three check marks today. But then finally, God started teaching me, you're not, you're not understanding anything and reading. You're just reading for the sake of reading. I want you to understand what you're reading. Take your time. If you're just getting to read 20 verses a day of one chapter, that's enough. But understand, because there are revelations. I want you to understand, Shoba. Don't run with it. Mm. And then so I started taking time. So, you know, every day it's one chapter at a time. And my goodness, the revelation God gives me in the morning. Sometimes, you know, he... It, certain verses when I read, I feel as though God is taking a rod and 
അത് വായിച്ചോ ഡിഡ് യു റീഡ് ദാറ്റ് ദിസ് ഇസ് എക്സാക്ട്ലി വോട്ട് യു ഡിഡ് ദാറ്റ് റോങ് അടി കിട്ടും യു ബെറ്റർ നോട്ട് ഡൂ ദിസ് ഗിവ്സ് ഇൻസ്ട്രക്ഷൻസ് ഹൗസ്റ്റിംഗ്ലിംഗ്ലിംഗ്ലിംഗ്ലിംഗ്ലിംഗ്ലിംഗ്ലിംഗ്ലിംഗ്ലിംഗ്ലിംഗ്ല
you know, each child is different. So don't give up on them and uh, build a support system. Use your uh, family, church friends. For me, it's my church family mm. and uh, my friends in India, my family in India. So you have a good support system and a prayer support system as well who can sit with you and pray with you. Praise God. Good. Good advice. How about you, Princey? Um, <clears throat> my advice to um, parents who are going through similar struggles, um, I would have to agree with Amy as well. Don't give up. I know there are so many days that um, you feel like it's not going anywhere. <clears throat> um, there's no change in their situation. Um, and it's so easy to give up. It's easy to say, all right, I accept what it is, you know, and this is my fate. Um, and I have done that too. Um, but hanging on to God's promises, hanging on to the visions he has given us, hanging on to those promises that he has given us. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, knowing that, you know, all those tears that we are crying, they're not in vain. Yes. Um, that God will uh, restore um, our children. He'll restore our hearts and our minds as well. Um, and whatever it is that we are going through, realizing um, ultimately that all of this is for a plan and purpose. Um, even the, the delay in the healing, right, mm-hmm. is for a reason. Uh, it might be for some transformation within ourselves. Um, um, not just, you know, sometimes we're thinking like, oh, the delay is because God is, you know, waiting to heal our child completely. That might not always be the case. Um, that delay in healing is for ourselves, for our, our souls and our faith, our walk with God. Um, it's to get better, to get stronger, um, and to get us to the next level that we need to be, um, with Christ. And so, um, definitely, you know, um, hanging on, um, even if it's by a small thread on some days, um, just, uh, trusting God that everything he does, uh, he does it knowing what he's doing and it's not by accident. Um, and, um, definitely prayer. Um, and I, I said this earlier as well. Some days it doesn't feel like we want to pray. It's hard to pray when you have hard days. Um, but I've realized that when I come to him, um, and I just place my burdens at his feet, I feel so much better about it, um, than handling it on my own. So good. That is so good. I love the part where you said, God is good. Somewhere I heard, He is good at being God, right? We we just need to realize that. He is good in what He does. He is good at being God. And everything that comes from Him, even if it doesn't look positive to us, good for us, it is still going to be good. There's nothing bad that come out of God, if he allows it to happen, there is something good that is going to come out of it. And we are going to have to walk in that promise, walk in that faith, knowing that only good things come out of God, right? Praise God. Shoba, what are your thoughts? What's your advice? I would say the same thing what Amy and Princey shared about not giving up and also about the process of that Healing doesn't sometimes necessarily need to come in one day time. It is a process. 
it happens. If you open your eyes wide enough, you will see the changes in your child. It may be so minute, but you know, if you are if you are thankful, if you know how to count your blessings one by one, even those little changes, God will make you see. And if you're able to say, Lord Jesus, thank you for this change that I'm seeing. It may be very small, but mm. thank you. This little change is going to make a big change later on. And also I believe, you know, when we look at our child, see in faith that God has something great in plan. When I look at David, I lay my hands on him every day, okay? Every day, God is going to make you the head and not the tail, the first and not the last. Mm -hmm. And you are going to shine for Christ. You're going to stand on podiums. You're going to preach the word of God. It is not simply that I'm going, I'm breaking my head and praying and fasting for you. God is going to bless you. And God is going to use you mightily for God's kingdom. And you are not going to have deficiency in any languages right now. You know, my son, he can't speak more than two words at a time. He's 10 years old, but maximum is two words. That's all he can say. But I stay on to that. Um, Satan wants me to be scared on that, but I'm telling all the parents, even if there are the child can speak only one word right now, mm. in faith, in you, through your mind, through your heart, through your spirit, just speak out in faith and say, maybe right now he has only two words to say, or maybe just one word. But in faith, I say, that my God is going to make him speak in many languages. God is going to take his feet onto many countries and every country he goes to, that country's language is what he's going to speak. Praise and, God. you know, God is going to come. You know, Lazarus was not raised immediately. God waited four days. So recently, this is the thought that comes to my mind. I don't know, something in my heart keeps telling me that, you know, Jesus is going to come home very soon and he's going to call Lazarus forth. In my case, God is going to call my Christ. Jesus is going to call David forth. David, come forth out of your autism. Come forth. I'm seeing it in faith. And I know, you know, when you speak in faith, anything and everything can happen. Nothing is impossible for, with God. Nothing is too hard for God. Yes. All we need is faith. That's it. Yes. Praise God. Amen. That's so good. So good. Um, I really love all of those advices, and I am sure that is going to bless another person, one person, or even if it touches the heart of one person who listens to it, right? That'll be a blessing, and I'm so thankful for each one of you. Today, we talked about our daily walk with God, daily experience, daily miracles, daily comfort that you experience with God in your walk with God. Um, Princey talked about what if healing is not in God's will, right? Walking through that, navigating through that space, um, and and how to come to come to terms with that. And sometimes that is not easy. Um, something good will come out of what you walk is, and then speaking life over dry bones. We talked about letting God into your feelings on your bad day, letting God know what you feel, even though He knows everything. And then God placing angels around you in your hard days. We heard about the power of saying no in your self-care uh, and to continue conversation with God through, through your day. Your prayer is a cry of our soul, approaching the throne of grace with confidence. We talked about not to give, it, not to give up 
in your difficult days, not to give up in your situation. All three of you agreed with that. And when you don't see a miracle, when you don't see an answer, you still continue to hope and know that God is good um, to build a support system as an advice for another person, that God will surely restore our hearts, restore our minds, restore our broken days, right? He will bring uh, deliverance and make up for the days that the the days and the years the locusts have eaten. Um, God, uh, God's plan and purpose to be aware of his plan and purpose to come true in our own lives, right? What is God wanting to bring through what we are walking, the difficult days that we are walking? How is he molding each one of us? Beautiful testimonies, beautiful wisdom, and I thank God for each one of you. Um, can we end in prayer? Does one of you want to pray and pray for this ministry that it will be a blessing to others who are listening to it? Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful time that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for helping us come together and share our struggles and our victories. Lord, thank you, Lord, for, I don't thank you for giving her this burden to start this ministry. Lord, I pray that you'll bless her. May many people be blessed through this ministry. I pray for more such wonderful testimonies that we could hear and be blessed, Lord. Please. Commit this, uh, all the team that's behind us, Lord, commit everybody in hands, Lord, bless them, Father. Thank you for Shoba and Princey, Lord. Bless them, bless their families, bless their children. Lord, I pray for every need that they have, every need that they didn't say, Lord, today. I pray for that, Lord. I pray that you will bless them, honor them, and use them for your glory. May your name be glorified through them, and Lord, that they will see and they will see, experience you in a new way in the coming days, Lord. Thank you for the special journey that you have called us, Lord. But because you call us, you justify us. And when you justify us, you glorify us. And we are in that process. Thank you for allowing us to go through this journey. We give you all glory and praise and honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for that beautiful prayer. Thank you, ladies, once again. And you, all of all of you, each one of you is in my daily prayers. Um, I honor and respect everything that you are, you are and what God is building in and through you. And my prayer is that he will strengthen you daily and he will know your heart and walk you through your process. Um, thank you for being here again. Have a good day. Thank you, Anna. family if you enjoyed this podcast make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode please rate and review the podcast also like us on facebook at be the salt and follow us on ig at be the salt may god bless you and lead you to be the salt wherever you're planted in this season of your life see you in the next episode Podcast.